Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Kelly Lada. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Morning. Sorry, I'm still back in that video somewhere. <laughs> I was reminding someone this morning, I was telling them about a, 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 a church thing, music thing that was going on. I had to tell them uh, that it started, we, we bought the cassette tape. So we've come a long way from the cassette tape. How many remember the cassette tape? The church cassette tape? You could not have a cassette tape without a number two pencil. <laughs> For those that don't understand that, the front row is going, I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yes, cassette tapes and number two pencils. <clears throat> then the CD. It was cute when we'd go to conferences and they'd hand out a CD and they'd go here, or a, a cassette tape, and they'd throw the cassette tape out and you'd catch it. But then they'd throw out, you know, I got a few cassette CDs here and they'd throw them out and heads would get chopped off. <laughs> we've, we've come a long way. <clears throat> um, if you are, I just, I love Philip. Who does not love Philip Herndon? He's in the back probably. Um, <clears throat> But guys get more energy in his little um, I remember energy. Um, <laughs> but I have it for this. I have it for, for asking God to come and to be a part of something that creates an on-ramp for people to touch the heart of God. Because he's always touching yours. So really what it is is a revelation of what's all going on at the moment. Right now, God is coming to you, inviting you, infusing your heart. He is there. He's available. He's not separate. He's not a long way away. I love the story of the prodigal son from Luke 15. It, is, it probably could be my favorite chapter, that and Psalm 139. I just love them both. Um, but the idea that he's afar off that we have to walk back to now becomes Old Covenant because he's already run to us. The New Covenant starts with the hug of God and it doesn't let go. So uh, I'm just, I'm excited for, for what is coming. I, I am not leading the school of worship. Philip, his hands things off right when you're about ready to walk and say, here, you're in charge. So <laughs> he is as much there with me as, as well as, uh, <clears throat> as others and, and more so the Holy Spirit. Um, one more thing before we go on. Can, can we just give it up for Carrie Herndon? Because today is her birthday. <laughs> uh, 23, right? 23. She's like my wife. She just does not look any older probably than years ago. Um, <clears throat> I want to I, I wanna go through a lot this morning. And when you hear somebody up front say, I want to go through a lot, your heart cringes. I know I, I'm going to try to, as, as best as I can, get through what I know I, I need to get through. But 
Um, I feel like a dad, this, a dad this morning. Is that okay? Um, I, I feel very fatherly. Um, not just because in that video it was young person, young person, young person, old gray-haired guy on guitar. <laughs> Did anybody else catch that? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, I can count on Steve Latta to constantly catch those kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> but uh, who, who here is over 50? I can lift this, keep them up for a second so everybody else. But no, his hand is way up, and her hand was. Okay, keep your hand up for a second. Over 50, put them up. Don't you still feel like 30? It's weird, isn't it? You're, I want everybody under 30 to understand that as you get older, your, your brain and your spirit don't. Your spirit doesn't age. Now, your brain gets more full. And over time, things start jumping out of your ear of information. And so, but you don't feel older. You need to understand that. We have, we have hierarchies in our society. Some are, are monetary, some are age, some are gender. Uh, and they don't really exist. They don't exist in God's kingdom. They don't exist in heaven. We, and Jesus prayed that your kingdom come. And so this morning, I want to talk about God's kingdom. I want to talk a little bit about God's kingdom clashing with culture. <clears throat> a Jesus church, that's, that's the, 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 the statement here. A Jesus church is more than a slogan. It has to be a culture. If it's not a culture, it's a slogan. And slogans turn into old sayings and places that have old sayings turn into museums. And people that work there are caretakers of museums. We don't want to, we don't want this to ever become a museum that we just go to and remember the good old days. By the way, we are in the good old days. Yes. This, you will look back on now and say, wow, remember when? And, well, let's enjoy now then. Um, the word culture, we, we have a clash of cultures kind of going on. The word culture uh, comes from the, it's a Latin word, colere, which means to tend, to help grow, to mature, and to cultivate. I did not expect that. The word culture, the original term for culture, was a place where things are grown and cultivated and tended. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> so the more kind of more recent definition is the customs, the art, the social institutions, the achievements of a particular group or social group. So simply put, it's the norms of behavior, but you have to link them together. It's the norms of behavior that should help to cultivate and grow. That's a healthy culture. An unhealthy culture works to keep and contain. A healthy culture releases and grows and multiplies. <clears throat> we have a lot of unhealthy cultures in our world today. <clears throat> Matter of fact, we live in a world, I, I don't know, I, I, I did not think that in our culture we would be seeing the things that we're seeing I never thought in my lifetime. Now, this is not going to be a political thing here. If, if you're here, you're, yes, come on, get political. Uh, I'll just give you permission to get up and go if you'd like. Um, uh, this, this spot right here, for me, uh, 
Maybe for somebody else, maybe somebody else's call, but it's not my call to let this be a political statement place. But if kingdom is highlighted, you can't help but watch its rays go into every area of life, even politics. Okay? So if you shine a light brighter, then you can establish something without having to go and speak evil against something else. Let God do that. Um, Culture is a funny thing. I don't know if you were here a couple of weeks ago. Steve S. Palmer got up here and he, he, he spoke, I think it was, it was a Father's Day. He came out as Abraham. Who was here? And, so it's a, and then he, he, when he talked, he had the little Britney Spears thing that everywhere. I, I just can't wear that. I feel like Britney Spears. <laughs> I go to some churches and that's it's all they have. I'm sorry, we, we don't have a microphone. But everybody on stage has a microphone. Yes, but there are cords on them. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, we used to have nothing but cords on our microphones. And I can wiggle around and not trip. I may be old, but I can, I can do that. <laughs> and so they give me these little things. And, and so he said, I have to wear this because I'm Italian and I have to use my hands to talk. Now, that could be a springboard for every ethnic joke that we could say. I'm not here to, to do that. I'm saying that we easily do that because we look at a culture and suddenly we, we find the positive things, but we find the things we can joke about it. I'm Irish. Yeah. Now, a name like Dupre, you think Dupre is French. It is very French. We had this lone French guy that entered the family in the 1800s <laughs> from Canada. And he gave us this name, Dupre, D-U-P-R-E, with an accent. Ooh. Accent aigu. We. I went actually before I came up here, but. My wife, hi, honey. She's cringing at home. She's going, no, you didn't go there. I love you, babe. Aww. My wife's father is Nicholas Rochesano. Do you know what a little Irish boy has to do to go up to a man named Nicholas Rochesano and ask for his daughter's hand in marriage? <laughs> Mr. Nick, I love your daughter, Laura Rochesano. I'd like to marry her. You what? I'd like to marry her. That was a moment. <clears throat> He's very Italian. Her mother is Lillian Gonzalez. <laughs> Extremely Hispanic. Family from Spain. Lived in Mexico. Came through in, ten- in uh, Texas. <clears throat> so we've got Rachasano. We've got Gonzalez. My, gra- my kids have the most ethnic named grandparents. They are mutts. Rachasano, Gonzalez, Dupre, and my mother, Mary Catherine Murphy. <laughs> now, my dad's mostly Irish, and then you bring along Mary Catherine Murphy, and that just puts you over the edge. <clears throat> um, we're not, you know, Laura's family, I mean, the, the, the Spanish and the, and the Italian, they are known for great food. 
Oh, grateful. I, I remember going over there, and, and the culture is different. Growing up where I did, we, we sat around the table now and then, but usually I would take my dinner, and we had our kitchen table had three, there was a kitchen table, it had three chairs in it, and there were four of us, my mother and three kids. And so I could squeeze kind of on a chair, and we could eat like that. I would go into the living room, and I'd put up a little tray table, and I'd eat my dinner watching something on TV <laughs> growing up. So I, I had this, you know, kind of nomadic way, and I get to Laura's family, who's Italian, and, and I get to my first meal with her. I'm sitting there, and everyone's yelling at each other. <laughs> it's like everyone is mad. And I'm trying to figure out, and I finally turned to her, I go, why is everyone mad? She goes, they're not mad. I said, but they're yelling. She goes, that's just the way it is in this house. It's just the way it is. And sometimes culture, you just go, oh, that's just the way it is. And so I conform. Now, it might be good to conform to good food. But there's a lot of things that, you know, you don't want to conform to. <clears throat> the positive, every culture has, has many positive things. A sense of belonging, a sense of community, uh, a personal rooting to a known past, deep family bonding, being in a defined group of people. It's a lot of positive aspects to a different culture. If you stop right now and think about how you grew up, think about it for a second. What was your mealtime like? How many of you ate as a family around the table every night? Put them way high. Okay, now, put them down. Who did not eat around the uh, table as a family every night? Raise your hand up. Wow. <clears throat> that right there is a the difference of culture. How many went to a Christian school? How many went to a, a normal public school? How many homeschooled? Can I tell you there's three radically different cultures? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I went to a public school. I wasn't saved till 19. I went to a public school. I taught in a Christian school. My daughter homeschools. I, I've touched each one in one way or another. Uh, they all have beautiful aspects to them. Some have uh, things that, that lack in one area or another, but that's just the way God made it so that we would blend in a sense. Some aspects of cultures aren't really positive. Some families don't want you to bond outside their immediate family. I know some churches like that. Personal judgment towards other cultures. Negative. You, you look at a different culture and immediately see them as lower than who you are. That's, that's not a good thing. I mean, you, you might not be past of the, or proud of the, the past um, that your culture or your family has. You don't identify sometimes with the main aspects of your culture, and so you fight against your culture your whole life, and then you find out later on what are the, one of the, uh, some of the more beautiful and positive things that your family and your culture really had that you didn't enjoy while you were growing up. Has anybody ever experienced that, where you, you get older and you begin to appreciate uh, and you find out that mom and dad really aren't idiots? <laughs> that they really were smart and they had your best interest in mind? <clears throat> There's some horrible cultures in the world today. These are 
These are not just past cultures, and they have, but they are present today. Physical mutilation. Some cultures, uh, particularly with women, there's physical mutilation with the culture. Oh, child marriages. Oh, and you know, you see a cute movie sometimes where this little girl and it's, you know, she's, she's engaged, but they won't see each other or know each other till they're a little later. And so they take some horrible thing and they put it out there in a the movie to make it look cute. But the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> a child marriages are a horrible cultural experience. I've known someone who was forced into a child, child's marriage when she was 12 or 13. Uh, all I can tell you is it's horrible. Child labor. <clears throat> a thing called son preference, S-O-N, um, which is females in the culture are denied economic opportunity, health benefits, education, and the right to choose their life partner. Those are all out there in cultures nowadays. On the other side of the world, and all of them are in the United States. All of them. And they're kind of around us. So God bless you. Have a great day. You could... Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a depressing way to end our time together? <laughs> Listen, we're called to be light. We're called to be salt. We have things going on around us that we want to fight against instead of being a light in the darkness. My job is not to fight unless it's to fight for the kingdom to be expressed. Now, I can fight. I, you know, sometimes people <clears throat> will make a statement, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Sometimes that's a cowardice statement because you're afraid to fight or you don't have stamina to fight. I, I can fight if I want. I just want to make sure that I'm wisely choosing how to fight and what to fight. Okay? I'm not alone. I have a wife. I have three children. I have six grandchildren. I have friends. I have family outside of that. And I want to go on this journey together. I don't want it to go is, is, is the lone hero who was, was sh you know, shot down. There's a beautiful, wonderful man. I, I, I'm not going to, he was a, <clears throat> a missionary, um, very famous. I'm I just not going to say his, his name because I'm not saying the most positive thing about him, but he, 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 he died a couple hundred years ago and he was 29 when he died. He had a wife and multitude number of children. He would go home every year and his wife would get pregnant and then he'd go back out. And they rarely ever saw him. <clears throat> and he, he gave his life out on the mission field and died at age 29 and everybody revered him. And I looked at and just, I read more about him <clears throat> and the opportunities he had to be a better husband and a better father, he never took them. And personally, I think he fought in the wrong battle and died in the wrong place. If he had lived another 20, 30, 40, 50 years, can you imagine the impact he could have made? <clears throat> I grew up in a town of a little over 3,000 people. We had more cows than we had people. And that's really true. Um, way upstate New York between Rochester and Buffalo, right uh, along Lake Ontario. We were in the snow belt of New York State. Gotta love it. Averaged 100 to 120 inches of snow every year. A unique culture. Our culture was we had two weeks of summer. 
No, it's, <laughs> it was pretty close to that, though. <clears throat> um, but our culture was everybody knew everybody. You just In a town of 3,000 people, there was a, I remember when the stoplight was put in. Okay? Now, if, if some of you, the, uh, the more um, <clears throat> biblical-looking people are going, wait, he hasn't given a scripture yet. Relax. I'm going to throw a multitude at you in a few minutes. But I just want to establish something. I want to just talk as a dad of, about becoming so infused in the culture that you're in that you find it hard to fight for the kingdom culture where you're at. I want your fight today to be to fight for the kingdom culture to be in your heart, in your home, and in your life. Appreciate both of you. Thank, thank you. <clears throat> I lived in Marion, New York City, Kansas City, Nashville, and now Central Pennsylvania. Marion, New York, we all knew each other. New York City, I lived there for a year. It's full of the best and the worst. I love New York City. It's my favorite city to visit, along with London. I, lo I love those two cities. Uh, um, Singapore is pretty nice too. Uh, but New York City is just, I, I loved it. I love living there. I love walking. It just, you know, uh, every, everybody walks everywhere. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, a large city with a lot of stuff that goes on that some of it is absolutely stunningly beautiful and some of it is wretchedly awful. <clears throat> uh, I lived in Kansas City. It's kind of homespun world. It's where East meets West uh, everybody has kind of a little bit of twang, but it's not a deep twang. It's just a little Kansas City twang. They got great barbecue, and <clears throat> they got a downtown that uh, it's not a, again, this is not an issue of one culture with another. It is just dangerous no matter where you go. You think Kansas City can't be that, like that. It's like that. I lived there for 12 and a half years. There are areas you don't go during the day. I didn't know that about Kansas City. Well, we don't know that about a lot of things because we're in our world. <clears throat> Nashville, Tennessee, Southern culture. Very polite, sometimes very shallow. I wrote a song about Nashville. Just got into Nashville, seems a million miles from home, but home is what I'm calling it these days. Every other person is a picker in the wings, waiting for their chance to sing and play. And every other song is about a dream that sailed away. <clears throat> and it's, it's, I remember moving there and going to the theater or going to, to whatever it was, you know, going to see a movie. And I see the guy behind the counter. He's got these really long fingernails on his right hand. Okay? If you've got long fingernails on your right hand, right, Bennett? But not on your left hand, then you're a right-handed guitar player. Okay, and I, I just remember so everywhere I went, from here, they go, no, why are you here? Be a singer-songwriter. Why are you here? Be a singer-songwriter. <clears throat> so I had been a singer-songwriter for, let's see, we moved there in 92, uh, for almost 20 years, I'd been a singer-songwriter. I had by that time traveled the world many times over. So somebody said to me, and I'm in my 50s, they said, with gray hair, because I grayed early. So they said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a singer-songwriter. And they looked at me like, oh, poor old fella. <laughs> he moved to Nashville to be a singer-songwriter. You want me to talk a little louder, sir? 
no, I'd, I'd done that. I'd been there, got the t-shirt. Actually helped create the t-shirt. <coughs> but now we're in central Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. <laughs> family is very important here. I love that. I love that family is very important. Real friendships happen here. I have about a half a dozen and more close male friends uh, in the time, in the five and a half years I've been here, that it would have taken me 20, 25 years in other places. <clears throat> Don't know why that is. It just, it's a place where friendships happen. And I, it's also a place where neighbors help each other. I love that. <clears throat> I was about ready to go out to and one of the storms this last year is about ready to go out and get my snow plow up and get it going because men like to do that. <laughs> and and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go out and I open the garage door. And usually, you know, there's a pile of snow at the bottom of the garage door. And I open it and there's nothing. And I look over and my neighbor, Jim, he's waving at me as he's, as he's leaving. I, I never heard him. He's got the quietest snowplow I'd ever seen. He, he plowed my driveway and the sidewalk in front of my house. So I went over there afterward. I said, Jim, why'd you do that? He goes, I don't know. I just felt like blessing you. I went, I love central Pennsylvania. This is awesome. You can bless me anytime. Um, but there are other things about this area. <laughs> <laughs> is this okay? Okay, you asked for it. <laughs> There's a saying that I found here. If you ignore it, it'll go away. It doesn't go away. You can bury it and it will take its... its gnarly hand and put it through the ground and grab your ankle and pull it down into the grave with you. It doesn't go away. If you have issues with someone, go to them. Go. I, I've done that. I've done that with people. I said, hey, I really need to talk to you. We, I, we got to process this through. This happened. And this, this wasn't good. They're like, really? Just, yeah, yeah. And I was very kind. And when it was all done, this person said, this pastor in the area, this person said, I, I don't remember that ever happening. I said, why? Because we kind of let things go. Well, God doesn't. Don't let this culture aspect be in your heart. It's not kingdom. Kingdom is drop your gift at the altar and go. Yeah, but what if, what if I have ought against them? Then go. Yeah, but what if they have ought against me? Then go. Jesus did both things. That's Jesus' culture. It's more than just a sing, bunch of singing groups. <laughs> it's the culture that he, wanted, that he came to bring and establish. <clears throat> oh, here's one. You love me, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. People are talked about more than they're talked with. I'll just be honest. In five and a half years, I've heard more people talk about other people that aren't there than in 20 years beforehand. 
I, I, I can't believe it. I don't know what that is. But here, it's connected to the first one. If you ignore it, you hope that it goes away. But I tell you, if you don't ignore it and you go to them, you never have to say anything but a good thing. <clears throat> Number three out of 25. <laughs> no, I, I will end with three. <laughs> you can't, I know. <laughs> okay. There's a spirit of suspicion here that's easily available to embrace if you want to. Wow. Wow. Where you, you, you don't immediately do uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where love believes all things. You go to what is the underlying uh, uh, move or what, what, what's going on that I can't see. That's a spirit of suspicion. <clears throat> and it keeps you entrapped. Because you'll never get out because there'll always be something else to suspect is going on. And it's, it's kind of tied and connected to this group that people talk about called the inner circle. Can I just say there is no inner circle? There's not one at this church. There's not, there's not one at places I've worked. Everywhere you, know, everywhere you are. Yeah, well, they, well, according to them... Well, who are they and them? Be specific. Tell me a name. And they tell me a name. I say, they and them don't have this little inner circle that they work with. They have friends. They have business associates. And they have lives and families. But there's no inner circles. When you think there's an inner circle, you're always suspecting something wrong to be spoken, there's a different reason. You know, he gets up and talks about a wind conference and, and school, and so what's really going on? That's a statement I've heard here as much as I've heard it anywhere. Well, what's really going on? Or what are they really thinking? Or what's really happening? I hate that spirit of, in, in a culture. I love this culture. I love central Pennsylvania. I love the family aspect. I love how we help each other. We're, we're helpful neighbors. I love that. Real friendships for me are happening here for the first time in years and years and years. <clears throat> I want kingdom culture. I want it in my family. I want it in my life. I want to carry it where I go. So that when someone brings me an alternate culture that is not of Jesus, I don't have to bow to it to be accepted by the person behind the words. <clears throat> Are we having fun yet? Okay. No, I'm done bringing that. <laughs> we can only take so much. We say we want more, but we don't. We just want three points and then move on. So we say it's a Christian culture. We're, we're, we're believers. We're in a Christian culture. Really? Define the Christian culture. Because I'll tell you that about three to five miles away from here, there's a different Christian culture because there's a different church. <clears throat> I grew up Catholic. Some of you literally just went, oh. That's a negative thing to a lot of people. I loved my upbringing. I, I knew Jesus at an early age, and my mother said, about, it's not about all the, the stuff they do, it's about Jesus. So early on, I had a Jesus-loving mother. 
<clears throat> who just said it's really all about Jesus. The main thing, Chris, for you is not all the ritual, it's loving Jesus. I said, okay, works for me. <clears throat> but I wasn't allowed to go into a Protestant church. If I went into a Protestant church, I'd have to go back to the Catholic church and go to confession to say I went into a Protestant church. And then I'd have to say 10 Our Fathers and 5 Hail Marys. And that wasn't worth it for me to go into a Protestant church. <laughs> oh, but we're all the same. <laughs> oh, really? How many of you grew up? Don't, don't raise your hand. You grew up Baptist. I have a Baptist friend who said, I judged everyone every day. <laughs> I don't know the culture of the Baptist church. I really don't. But that was his comment. I used to judge everybody else every day. I said, that's got to be hard. He goes, no, it was easy. <laughs> that's even worse <laughs> when it's easy. Oh, there's no agreed upon Christian culture because it's so varied. So we can't just say, we're going to bring a Christian culture to our church. I don't want a Christian culture to our church. That means I'm putting the culture according to what the church does, not what the kingdom is. This church does not need to be providence culture. It needs to be kingdom culture. <clears throat> I mean, every church, depending on what your church does, some churches have 10-minute worship. Some churches have a song. Seriously, you open with a song. Why do you have a song? Because it, it's there to gather people. When the song is over with, there's no, nothing else that contend, you know, they, they say is worship. They call the rest of the service a worship service. But really, there's, there's one song and then you, you sit and you listen. There's 30-minute offerings. 10-minute worship and 30-minute offerings. How do I know? Because I've been to them. I lived in them. I told you once before, I went to an offering that was 56 to 57 minutes long. The sermon was a little over half an hour. The offering was almost twice as long. That particular culture. <clears throat> I've heard one-hour sermons. I've heard two-hour sermons. Yes, I have heard three-hour sermons. And today, we're going to break that record. <laughs> okay, Philip. Okay, we're going to remove all the celebration for your beautiful wife because I'm just going to talk and no. And you turned 39 on Thursday. Come on, Philip. <laughs> Different churches are amazing. I, I once, when I lived in Nashville, I got invited to speak at C.C. Winans Church. Now, how many here don't know who C.C. Winans is? How many do know who C.C. Winans is? Okay, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> She's awesome. She's an awesome lady. So I got invited to, to speak at her church. <clears throat> and I'm speaking, and, I, and I'm, I'm just, I, I had a point that was just, I thought was really good. And then suddenly, at the end of that sentence, this guy jumps up. And when he jumps up, he shouts and screams. And then he runs around the whole church. And then goes back into his seat. And I, I'm like, Looking at it like that, and this other, this other guy over here goes, uh, brother, that means what you said was really good. So just keep preaching. So okay. It was a different culture. Where, where I was, 
you know, I grew up, it's like poor Ben, you know, poor guy gets up to go outside for a minute and I highlight him standing up, you know. Have you forgiven me yet? Okay. You have to. <clears throat> Jesus didn't come to bring a thousand different Christian cultures. He came to bring one, the kingdom. Matthew 6, 23. But seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. You're supposed to seek the kingdom first, not your call. We have a lot of people getting up, and I do it. I, I go to conferences and speak on the call of God on your life. But if the call of God bypasses the kingdom in your life, I've missed it. <clears throat> seek first the kingdom. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, for theirs is what? The kingdom. The kingdom belongs to such as these. Oh. Matthew 4, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven should have the kind of thing that you don't live in this, this downward repentance. It's easy to, but the kingdom in you says, oh God, I'm sorry. I, I turned from that thing. It's so easily, to, easily for me to turn from that thing because the kingdom gives me a light to go and walk towards and a darkness to walk from. The kingdom of God shows you what is dark and what is light. That's why we need the kingdom in our lives. <clears throat> Luke 10, 9, it says, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. When the kingdom is around, people that need healing get healed. That's why we stopped. That's, that's, that's why Philip stopped and said, Let, let's pray for those that, that need healing. We need that. We need, we need the kingdom to come in power and not just in words. It's got to, the evidence of the kingdom is healed in whole people. <clears throat> Matthew 6, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You help me here. Your kingdom come. Oh, Jesus prayed that the Father's kingdom would come to earth. That's huge. He prayed that the Father's kingdom would come to earth. So the word kingdom, by the way, means this. The king in his domain. Kingdom. D-O-M means domain. Kingdom means the king is in his domain. Therefore, a kingdom culture is one where the citizens reflect who the king is. A kingdom is where the king is in domain. The culture of that kingdom, its citizens reflect the king. Oh. I got, what, 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 you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I could go through, I was a junior high teacher. Yeah, I was a junior high teacher. Uh, <clears throat> I was a, a surgical scrub nurse. For five years, I helped in surgery. Loved it. Thought I was going to do that. Thought I was going to go maybe be a PA and do surgical PA for the rest of my life. And then I went into ministry. <clears throat> I also drove trucks for businesses that would, would, I would hand deliver in-ground pools. I washed dishes. I did all sorts of things. But that's not my identity. That's not who I am. What I do is not who we are. What do we do as a service 
is it's it's yeah we go through and and I love it it's in the bulletin we 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 pretty much start with with announcements there's worship there's you know other things that go on and and it, it's it's a normal kind of christian service but I, I I'm ah, I'm jealous for this place to express the king I'm not saying it does it doesn't it does you so more than you ever could think of how you touch those outside these four walls. But a kingdom <clears throat> is not contained by four walls. One aspect of a kingdom is that it goes out beyond the four walls. <clears throat> I'm going to take just a couple minutes. I'm going to highlight what a kingdom culture looks like. Romans 14, 17. Kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not meat or drink. Meat or drink, in this particular case, <clears throat> Paul is referring to the, the rituals one goes through and then a lot of people, he's talking to the Romans who weren't Christians. And they were being told by Judaizers and others that you had to do these certain things. You had circumcision, you had to eat these certain foods, you can't eat these, you can't eat these. And they were trying to bring this Jewish culture into a new, its time had been. An old covenant culture had its time, had its place, but it was time for a new one. And Paul is saying it's not about meat and drink, it's not about rituals, it's about God's righteousness. It's about peace, it's about joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, that should set you free. A kingdom is not about the rituals of a church. The kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Revelation 4 8. Through 11, a kingdom culture worships extravagantly. The living creatures worship day and night. The elders fall down, they cast their crowns. A kingdom culture is unbridled worship. Oh, I love how you worship here. I love how we're led in worship here. I, I just want you to know, those of us that, that see other places, this is a gift. Okay? And sometimes you end up, God calls you and there's a job change and you end up in Potawatomi Falls, Australia. And there's one church, it's an old denominational church that has a 97-year-old woman on the organ. And you go, oh, Providence, I miss you. And let me just say, take advantage of what's here and what's now. <clears throat> Revelation 5, 9, the end of it. Kingdom culture is not a uniculture. Out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. <clears throat> as this grows as a kingdom culture, the names and the faces will grow with it. Trust me. A kingdom culture celebrates others above yourself. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, give preference to one another. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. It's easy to weep with those who weep because they are weak. It's hard to rejoice with those who are rejoicing because something good happened to them and it might not have happened to you. And so the harder thing is to overcome the jealousy that you did not get picked for something that makes you rejoice. You're still weeping in your heart. But kingdom culture says, I set my weeping aside to rejoice with my brother or sister. We put others ahead of ourselves by doing that. Let me tell you, it is, there is nothing like it. <clears throat> kingdom culture 
invites you to walk out of your weaknesses and insecurities. Now you might not, like, what, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> People need to put the kingdom over their personality quirks. Quietness is sometimes actually self-protection. I've heard people use the phrase, well, I'm just not like that. When referring to being outgoing, polite, hospitable, welcoming, gracious, I'm just quiet. I'm just not like that. Well, then I'm sorry. Then you, the kingdom is not, that aspect of the kingdom isn't mature in you. Because Jesus is like that. Now it got really quiet. Okay, is that because I've just worn you totally out? Please allow the kingdom to overcome your foibles so that you can be the man of God and the woman of God you're called to be. Don't let the culture of your insecurities, which you grew up with, reign over your life the rest of your life. At some point, put a stake in the ground and say the kingdom is going to reign here. No longer will that kid in seventh grade have rule in my life. No longer will I see the face of that bully in 10th grade. No longer dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> Paul said to Tim Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone despise your youth. Youth is not an excuse either for not having a kingdom culture. You youths on the front row. No. They're up here in the front row worshiping God extravagantly. I love it. The youth here is great. Love the youth. We are. We are good, aren't we? Oh, sorry. Um, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he, said, he said to Timothy, be an example to the believers. Now, okay, try to find an excuse. If you've got a little foibles and a little, you know, quirk in your, in your personality, Paul says to Timothy, be an example to all the believers around you in your word, in the word, and in your words, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He just covered everything. I've got no excuses. I can't fall back on my excuses of how I was hurt when I was growing up. Now, I, I'm a counselor as well. I, I know the pain that people have gone through. I've experienced it I've experienced abuse from a father for years. I experienced family splitting down the middle. Uh, I've experienced the death of people close to me. I, I know pain. Pain is real. <clears throat> but if there is a real kingdom, that real kingdom can heal that pain. And it can turn me into someone who expresses the king's life no matter what my background has been no matter what hurt has come my way. I don't want to make hurt the Lord of my life. Too many people do that. I said a kingdom culture goes outside the four walls of the church, and I'm <clears throat> going to end with this one. A kingdom culture is generous. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom has come. Freely you've received, freely give. I loved... Philip was up here earlier just talking about during the offering and the fact that it's spiritual and it's very practical. <clears throat> Listen, if we, are, if we go to a, a club, you know, if, if, if you go to a, a club and you work out, 
um, what happens when you're done on a machine? Do you just leave it? Has anyone ever here gone to a club and worked out? Uh, okay, two. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to buff myself up here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> wow, that just took too much energy. Um, if you go to a club and you work out, and I've just worked out on this particular machine, when I'm done, I take a spray bottle and I spray the machine down and then I wipe it off, right? Why do I do that? Because the club tells me this is a good thing to do. It's healthy. It's a healthy thing to do. Whatever I become involved in, I find out what, are the, what, what goes on here. What's a part of this? I'll tell you what's a part here is freely giving and being generous. If you're fighting that because you think and you have a suspicious spirit about what's going on, they just want my money, they just want... They, take the suspicious spirit and flush it down the toilet. Close the lid. <clears throat> don't, don't carry it. Be generous. By the way, this church believes in tithing. So if you're a part of this club, <laughs> find a way to, to grab God's kingdom and find the truth of it for this place. <clears throat> Is that okay? Okay. Let me end this way. Much of our individual and church culture is kingdom culture. Much of what, almost everything that goes on here really is. I, I, it is kingdom culture. Um, <clears throat> many of you have walked out of a negative past and you said yes to Jesus. You're here because the kingdom hit you, affected you, and changed your life. The challenge for us, matter of fact, um, <clears throat> boy, that music is so sweet, Noah. <laughs> I'm just up here <laughs> as a musician, I'm going, oh, yeah. Uh, where's, where's the lounge chair? Sometimes I want to just preach from a lounge chair. <laughs> um, this is what I'd like you to do. Uh, can we just have all the prayer team come up right now? Prayer team, come on up. We've got a lot of people that have gone through and have, have really been learning how to, how to be there for you. And they're wonderful. This prayer team is beautiful. Um, <clears throat> it's made up of men and women, varied, and we love them. We appreciate them. The reason why I'm calling them up, um, I'd like to just have you to stand for a second. Everybody just stand. Let's stand for a second. <clears throat> I know a lot of times we say, now just close your eyes, but I really want you this time, I want you to close your eyes because I want you to consider, Scripture says to consider yourself. Now, it, it's not to look at all that's negative when he says that. Really, consider yourself is, to, is this particular area is what he's going towards, which is, what is in my life? Close your eyes right where we are. What is in my life that I'm holding on to from a former culture that's not kingdom? It could be family. It could be from a country that you've come from. It could be from a, a, a school or a church situation that you were a part of and, and you're going, oh, I love, the, I love liberty here, but you're having a hard time entering in because this old culture has grabbed your heart. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a culture that doesn't believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I believe in the, yeah, but not, not to the point where God would want to heal where he'd actually want to raise someone from the dead. I, I, that, I don't believe that. Wherever you've come from, if you're here this morning and you've got something in your mind and in your heart, and you're going, 
Yep. That's not kingdom. That's not kingdom. I want you to come up. I want you to get prayer, and I want you to pray with someone and have that thing released from your life. Father, I just thank you. Jesus. Oh, saying, Father, let your kingdom come. Because your kingdom brings healing. Your kingdom brings wholeness. Your kingdom brings health. I just ask now that you would help us as a family here at Providence to make Providence Jesus' kingdom where the kingdom of heaven reigns. A Jesus church where your people express the life of the king himself. Lord, we bless you. Funny thing about a church culture that sometimes there are two dozen people waiting to come forward, but the culture says, I'm waiting for one other person before me. That's a culture. And I want you to break that culture right now. Why am I kind of getting a little pesky? Because I want the kingdom culture in your life to be released. I'm jealous for Jesus to shine through you. So I'm just going to hang for a minute. Just come on forward. If you need healing, that's where God's kingdom is at. It's here to heal. If you need healing, come forward this morning. If you need reconnection with someone in your life, that's what the culture of the kingdom is all about. It's to reclaim that which is broken. Come forward. If you want to pray more about what Tom talked about earlier, either yourself or someone close to you, who is in a prodigal life situation, come forward. Let's continue to pray over that. Otherwise, just want to say, I love this community. I love you guys. You are precious. You are kind. You're gracious. And I pray that you'd have a most wonderful day. I pray one last thing, that this place, there'd be a, a, the culture of lingering so that we can enjoy each other and not just go to a service, but intertwine our hearts and our lives together. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And may his kingdom culture come to your heart and to your home in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org.